seem loud to y'all out there? Is it too loud? Just a little bit? Just a little bit? You can bring me down to here. So go ahead and sit down, Marcus. This is Mark Schleyer. So, Mark, share with us your greatest sin you've ever committed. Can I go in depth with it? It would be super helpful for everyone to feel like I, just kidding. Me. I was going to go a different direction. <laughs> who, who else here expected to see Zach Brown Band? <laughs> that's it, man. That's it, baby. Oh, my gosh. He's like, I've heard that a thousand times. All right. Good times. So, hey, listen, this morning, uh, so those of you who are first time at Vintage and guests, we're going to do a little family time this morning. We're going to do our, just our mid-year financial update Update. I just said update, update, and, uh, and then share some vision pieces around that. But if you don't know Mark, Mark has been a part of Vintage. He and his wife, Laura, for a while, and they're, and they're a full array of kids. And uh, he has been a part of our finance team for a while and stepped onto our leadership team and still is that liaison between both. And so today what we want to do is we want to have him just share just very specifically, hey, here's where we are financially, and then I'm going to take some time and kind of talk through some vision pieces around the things that Mark shares. It'll take us a little bit, but then we're going to do that, and then we're going to dive in uh, to our story time today. So again, if you weren't here last week, you you don't know, we're reading the emails. We're going to take some time today and just share some of the stories of maybe what you did this week, uh, hearing God's voice and then speaking that to other people or what God's been doing in the last three weeks. And so if you feel led to share, I'm giving you a little bit of time to get your heart and your mind ready for it as you hear our financial update. So, Mark, I'll hand it over to you, and you can share what you got. Yeah, you got it. Do we have the yeah? You can go ahead and pull it up for me. to pull up. Okay, cool. All right, so we're going to keep this pretty simple. We're going to focus on the three red numbers. The summary, if you don't hear anything else, if you heard our last update, the summary is that the numbers are very similar. They're almost, I mean, they're within a couple of thousand dollars pretty much across the board. So we're going to start up on the upper right side, that negative, call it 62,000. That is how far behind where we estimated to be at this point in the year. Um, In general, this is roughly directionally correct, directionally accurate. That's around where we were this time a year ago. We were about $62,000 ahead of where we are today this time a year ago. Um, The number right below that, so here's the good story, the number below that, um, which is the 73,000, that is how much under in spending we are, which is, which is awesome. It's a great story for us that we've, we've responded to the decline in giving by finding ways to cut back in our spending. Um, and so that leads us to the last red number on the bottom left side of the screen, uh, which is our actual net income, so around 26,000 that we are negative uh, relative, so giving relative to spending, we're at, we've overspent. So that's kind of what that negative number there means. The good news for any of those who saw our update a couple of months ago where we summarized the end of Q1, the good news is that number is less negative. So that's good. <laughs> Yay. That's good. That's good. It's less negative. That is primarily through uh, cutting and, and spending. Um, so the upper right, that upper right number is actually a little bigger. Um, so in, in other words, we're, we're actually a little further behind than we were even in Q1 in terms of giving. But again, we've responded to that by finding ways to cut back. So those are really the three numbers that I want to hit on in general, just kind of summarize that whole point in general. It's around where we were in terms of a deficit in our last update. Okay. Yeah, so again, what you hear in that again is, uh, so that first number, the big number on the right, it was talking about our budget, right? So that we budgeted a certain number, and we definitely have not hit that number, right? We have we our expenses, we have not hit that either. Uh, and I think in that, what I want you to recognize for us as we talk, that the overall financial health uh, of Vintage uh, is positive. Like you recognize we had two banner years in 20, if you don't know, we had two banner years in 2020, 2021, our year-end giving was off the charts. And so if you just simply go look at our balance sheet, look at the money you have in the bank, we're actually doing very well. There was a huge positive. But but the reality about budget is it, it so as it relates to, to, to budget, when we talk about budget, so 
what it, budget is basically this. It's like, what have you done for me lately type mentality, right? Where, yes, we have a lot of money in the bank for 2021, but it relates to the budget for the year, how you're spending, and then what you're looking for for budgeting for 2023. You're simply looking at how much money has come in for the year and then how much money we're spending. And so, yes, we are positive, lots of money in the bank, but the fact is, as it relates to how we're spending money in 2022 and then looking at how we're going to spend money in 2023 and build that budget it is what have you done for me lately where are we this year with giving and where are we giving where are we with the context of spending so in that it's basically our next year's budget uh, is is defined by what's happening with our current income and that is you see the number in red now with this in mind responsibility and good stewardship demands that when we get to the place that we are right now in this season with giving down in church for the first time in a in a in a place where we're in the red this time of year i will say that's a first for us. This is the first time vintage has ever been in the red like this, this time of year, so it's a new place for us to be. We recognize we have to slow down, be more cautious and aware with spending uh, to see if this is a new trend or just simply an anomaly. So that's where we are right now. We're in this, like, what is going on? Tom can sit here and say he's the chair of our finance team. He's like, we're asking all sorts of questions and what's happening and why is this the case? And the reality is we just don't know. And honestly, it's really hard to figure out exactly what's going on. But at the same time, this is what's unique in church world. We're always asking God, what is he doing? Where is he moving? And in spite of finances, where should we be trusting him to provide for things that he may be calling us to do? That's the tension in church. We're like, this is where we are financially in good stewardship, but there's also vision of things that God may be calling us to. And we live in that, that dynamic tension between both of those where we're working our best to be good stewards, but have faith and trust him to provide if he's calling us to do something specific. And it's why we have a spirit-led finance team uh, who are praying and believing. It's why we have a spirit-led leadership team, again, who are praying and listening and working together to follow Jesus' leading. I feel very uh, supported, encouraged, empowered, where I'm not just, don't worry, I'm not making unilateral decisions on what to do. These are all submitted to our teams. But with this in mind, I want to end this update uh, as we talk about, hey, where is God leading us in light of our finances? I want to end this update with some vision around what we believe is God is doing and then celebrate what he, what we feel he is calling us to continue doing, and that will make sense in a moment. What I'm about to share with you is going to be put into a vintage email that goes out this week on a much grander scale. I'm going to kind of give you the basics, the generalities this morning, uh, and then you can go look at the email this week that uh, Elizabeth helped craft, 99.9% of it, and so thank, you can thank her for it. All the like nice words, and it will be her for sure. So um, here, with, with that in mind, here are a few things. Uh, that, I, that, that I want you to, that are connecting, I want to connect around vision as it relates to where we are financially. Number one, we really feel God calling us going after this is language that she put together, internal fortitude. The idea of like we want to be strengthened on the inside of who we are at Vintage and specifically looking at that in the context of hiring. Simply stated for a church our size and the things that we are doing, we are understaffed, right? Currently our staff is being asked to carry too much and we believe hiring is a necessary step to help relieve that pressure, right? Our desire, just to, just to, in, a, in a short sense, we want to hire a worship director, an associate pastor, an office manager, all necessary roles to continue building momentum. And what we said is internal fortitude, advantage, the strength. We want our staff to be healthy. We want to not be overworked which the reality is we are today. So we are prayerfully looking at staffing, moving forward with that in light of where we are financially and just saying, God, what are you doing? And that's something we want to go after as we look financially and steward our money towards the end of the year. We'll talk about this in a second. And then two, roots in our community. As hopefully most of you know, we are building a large pavilion uh, with a large green space with bathrooms on our 48 acres of land on Cedar Crest Road because we do want to take that step to begin to get our roots into our community on our property with the expectation and desire that in time we're able to move over there long term. Yes, we financially can't do that today. We are still prayerfully moving after that, but we believe God is 
calling us to begin taking steps in that direction. And we want to get to a place financially that we can begin to even imagine moving on to the property long term. Financially, here's the great thing. We took, we did a rooted initiative, which was our giving initiative several years ago, and money came in for that. And as we, if you were here for our update on the pavilion, if not, it's in your email. You can go watch it. We talk about, hey, we're going to take cash money, build our pavilion, prepare our land, everything we'd have to be doing to get ourselves in the property long-term anyway. We're going to be paying cash for that, and we're very, very excited because we believe it's going to be the first step of faith to get onto the property long-term and plant our roots. We feel very good about this. Right now, our plans are with the county, and so you can just pray the county goes ahead and signs off on that in hopes that we can get that pavilion bit built before the year is out. The third piece, and this is something that was going on that I want to highlight this morning around our finances that I'm not sure all of you know is this. We want to continue what I call missional momentum. I want to continue, again, what we call missional momentum. It'll be very direct. If we stopped giving money outside of the four walls of vintage, we would not be in the red. We'd very much be in the black here financially at vintage. It's just a really matter-of-fact piece for us. But we don't feel called to stop giving outside of the four walls at Vintage. Like for 13 years, we have taken at least 10% of the money that's come into Vintage and just immediately given out to local outreach, international outreach. That's just been who we are. It's a vision that we've had, Randall and I, from the very, very beginning. If you go back and look at our notes, when we just called ourselves the Cedar, Church, Cedar Crest Church Plant, so we called ourselves back in the day, we don't have a name yet. We said we want to be a church that's giving money out of our four walls, at least 10% on a yearly basis. And we've been able to do that. We continue to do that. And honestly, we don't feel called to stop that, even though we're $26,000 in the red with our expenses. We've always been this way. Right now, we are fully invested into foster care and adoption, as most of you know. We're still heavily invested at Abney Elementary and Receiving Hope, the Teen Sex Trafficking Recovery Center here in our county, as we're their only church partner. We have a myriad of local and international missionaries and ministries that we're invested into. We're doing our missionary retreat, which, again, I mean, they're just overwhelmed. Like I said, we cannot believe we're doing this. We want to be a church who is looking outside of our four walls and not just caring for self, right? And so part of where we are financially is because of this missional moments, and we want to continue and keep on doing that and maintain our partnerships with all of our missionary operations. Now, our request this morning in this is we talk about, again, hey, this is where we are. These are the things we want to go after. These are the things we want to maintain. This will be in the email that goes out. It's very simple. It's simply this. We want to end the year. We want to end the year in the black. Can we all say amen to that? Okay. Now, there are two parts that happen. Number one, we just simply pray and say, God, would you continue to provide? And we just say, God, would you do that? The second piece is very simple. There's a responsibility upon the Vintage family, right? And number one, if you are a consistent giver here at Vintage, I want to say thank you. And all we're asking you to do is, say, is just to pray and say, God, would you have me do anything more than what we're doing today? I'm not compelling you to do that. I don't want you to feel like I'm twisting your arm. I'm just asking that you would pray. And if God leads you to give above and beyond, where you are, that you would simply be obedient and trust him with that. If you were an occasional giver at Vintage, you're like, hey, every now and then I'll throw some money over here. I'd simply say, would you become a consistent giver at Vintage? Would you prayerfully consider what that would look like, how to do that, and what that looks like in your life? And that just be a step that you would take, again, as an act of worship. That's what it looks like financially and scripturally, is that we take our money and we give it back to the Lord as we invest it into the body of Christ. And the third piece is if you have never given to Vintage and has never crossed your mind, I would just invite you to start doing that. It's as simple as that. I'd ask you to begin prayerfully consider what God would have you do in that. And our hope is we take pick up our responsibility and then we prayerfully pray and ask God to quote unquote pick up his responsibility in it that we would move from a place of red to black and be able to end the year and everyone would celebrate and we feel great about God's movement in that and we would celebrate our own responsibility in that. So that's it for this morning, right? Just keep on the lookout for the email this week. If you have greater questions, you can talk to Mark. Tom, can you raise your hand real quick? This is Tom Vickroy. 
chair of our finance team. He would love to share all of those things with you. We're super thankful for these guys and the rest of our finance team uh, who was working hard. If you have questions, they'd be happy to bore you with all the numbers and do a deep dive into it. It'd be great. It won't bore you because it'd be super interesting to hear the things that they have to say. I will say I'm super thankful. I had a conversation with Tom about a month ago talking about this. And I will say what I've loved about our finance team is that in Tom leading, there's a real vision. Like Tom totally gets this. As we talked one day about it, we talked about this, this, this idea of stewardship and vision. And Tom was like on board and excited about that reality. And so I just want you to hear me say I'm thankful to have a group of men and women around us who are making this decisions in a stewardship level and being honest, but also believing God and faith for where we're going. So with that, get up for these guys. Thanks, Mark, for being here. appreciate you doing that. And uh, it'll be good. I'll take it. Yeah, go ahead. Real, real quick, I just want to do a, a quick affirmation on Steve because it's been really neat um, having been on the finance team for a few years, going through the, the booming era <laughs> of last year and the year before. Um, this year's been an interesting one, and I've loved how you've responded. It's been really neat. Steve's had an unwavering faith, hope, and trust and belief that God's provision would, will provide. And that's been inspiring, like, to see in a leader. Because uh, I know at least, like, Tom, me, Scott Tuffer, there have been many moments where, like, what are we going to do? Oh, my gosh. Like, we're, we're behind. We're gonna, we're, and Steve's just been very calm, collected, and cool. And that's been really neat to see in a, in a leader. So yeah, thank you for that. That's good, man. Appreciate that. All right. Thank you very much. All right. Um, so, hey, this morning, so let's do this. We are here to tell some stories. And so if you are, um, so last week I thought about hearing God's voice and hearing God's voice specifically as we took steps um, towards really kind of sharing what we hear God speaking. So this morning, if you came prepared to share a story about God's movement and God's faithfulness, I'd love to go ahead and invite you to come. You can go ahead and sit up here. So I'd love to go ahead and get his get a few people up here. So if that is you this morning and you're ready to come and tell a story, we're going to stand down here on the floor. So don't freak out. I'm not gonna make you get on stage or anything. But if that is you, I'd love to invite you to go ahead and come forward. Someone please come. All right, Finley. Yeah, someone join. Someone join our senior in high school from North Cobb Christian High School, please. Let's go ahead and get a few guys, women, ladies, got up here. Yeah, that's good. Come on. Fantastic. Thank you, Mike and Kim. I'll let you all get right here in the middle. Thank you, thank you. Anybody else? Okay, we'll start here this morning. So, again, I'm going to go ahead and just hand you the microphone. You're not talking yet. I would ask if you share, make sure you put the microphone up here where we can actually hear you. Don't put it down here because that gets awkward. Put it right here. Um, I always think put it right here on your chin like this. Let me show you this real quick. If you always do this, it'll be right where it needs to be, and it's super easy. You can just touch your chin. Okay. That's what I want you to do. All right. So as you share this morning, again, what I would ask is that it would stay on point. I'm looking, I'm looking for sermons, right? We're going to look real quick. Gina, Terry, Kim. So, so on, on point, all right? On point. All right, keep within three minutes. Everybody else has, everybody else has time to share. Uh, no sermons, please. Just kind of sharing what God has done, and that would be great. So, Finley, you do that. If I, if I put my hand on your back, it means your time is almost coming to an end. And uh, so I'm going to do that. So go ahead and show this Finley. Go ahead and stand up for me, please. Awesome. Um, yeah, I'll try to keep it short because I'm nervous too. But um, <laughs> I'm going to talk about experience I had at uh, one camp this summer in July. Uh, and it started off, I've kind of always been a mama's boy. I'm not really ashamed of that. But, Amen. and I still am. Um, mainly because my parents uh, divorced in kindergarten. And I kind of grew up without a father figure um, until this day, too. And, yeah, they split apart in kindergarten. Um, and I got my stepdad in fifth grade. But, um, yeah, I've kind of been longing to hear the words of a loving father. Uh, the past year or so, um, and just someone who's been proud of me. And I have a great relationship with my actual dad who lived in Boston. Um, didn't see him for three years, but we kind of checked in on each other every week and just went, saw how things were going. And um, October 26th, we called him, or I called him, and we talked about my homecoming dance for a while. Um, and then the next day, he suddenly passed away. So, um, and that was last year. And then, sorry. Um, yeah, at camp this week, we were worshiping, and uh, Mr. Taylor, the pastor, came and spoke about um, fathers during worship. 
and um, during that, or actually before, sorry, I was going to go and pray for one of my leaders, his name's Mr. John, um, and just give him a word of encouragement, and then I sat down, and just out of nowhere, God said, not today, and I've never heard God tell me not to pray for somebody, so I was like, no, that's no way, it's him, but I just obeyed anyway, I sat still, and then Taylor came up and spoke about fathers, and all those feelings kind of came back. I wanted those words spoken over me. Um, and then I just kind of like broke down. And then I felt hands on my back. And it was Mr. John who I was going to go pray for five minutes ago. And he came up behind me and said, I don't know if you needed to hear this. But I felt like I needed to say this. Um, and that he is proud of you. You are loved. I am proud of you. You have been obedient. I know you're tired. And I'm proud of you. Um, and my mom... Uh, she's my best friend. She was actually diagnosed with breast cancer June 6th this year. So I spent my whole summer um, taking care of her and just been worn down. And those words of encouragement just absolutely wrecked me and kind of that's what I'm sharing today. And I felt God the next night tell me that she is healed after having many, many people pray over her. Um, and she had scans the next week and she's officially cancer free. Let's go. So, yeah, she has um, no cancer left and doesn't need any chemo or radiation. And mine and her relationship has grown closer than it's ever been. But more importantly, um, her relationship with the Lord has been just on fire this year. So, I love it. Appreciate you, man. Thanks. Get over friendly, guys. All right. You going to stand up for me? <laughs> We're a team, Kim. Um, <laughs> Kim so, and Mike Smith, everybody. So, um, so two weeks ago, Steve preached on. Um, he's been talking to us about, about hearing God's voice, hearing it for the church. What's crazy was um, about a month ago, <clears throat> Kim and I signed up for a prophetic conference to go to, and we went last week. So, not knowing what Steve was going to be preaching on, the very next week we end up at this conference. So that alone, it's like, oh, my gosh, you know, the Lord really has something special. Um, so the first speaker had a prophetic vision or a dream, and he shared about it. And he said um, the, he saw this, like, combination, 243, and he kept hitting the button, but it wouldn't open the lock or the safe. And 243, he said, was Acts 243 where it says that the, um, the church will, will see signs and wonders and go out and do these things like the apostles. And as he was praying in, 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 this, in this vision, the Lord said the key to open that lock to, to do signs and wonders is Acts 2.42. And so it's just... The very first speaker, the very first thing, it's like, man, it's so cool. So that's what we're about, right? Acts 2.42. And, um, and he had this other word about the combine that does all four things at the same time. It does the, the reaping, the threshing, the winnowing, and the gathering. And he said that's what it's meant to happen within the Acts 2.42 context when we get together in the context of especially small groups as we gather and do those kind of things, preparing us to go out and do the ministry that God's called us to. So that was cool. Amen. And then we also had some cool things happen. <laughs> um, You're good. Take him. Love you, buddy. I know. It's all good. So, this is what in worship I saw just kind of praying about what we're going to, you know, what I was going to share this morning because I've seen a lot of cool things through God the past couple weeks. Anyway, I saw. For us, he's making beautiful vessels 
they, they're transparent. Like, it was like coming out of a wine press. I don't even know what that looks like. But, like, I know the grapes get pressed and they get poured out out of the little spout. And out of the spout, he's, he's going to, like, put you in uncomfortable places. But you got to step out in faith. But out of that came these beautiful, <laughs> this is a horrible description, but it looked like a wine glass, <laughs> and, but really tall. I guess that's actually kind of cool. <laughs> the wine's getting poured into wine glass. Duh. No. Um, <laughs> I was trying to, like, I was getting religious. Oh, God, I'm talking about liquor. Okay. Uh. Um, thank you, God. Anyway, <laughs> so they were really tall, big wine glasses. And you could see through them. And it was just so beautiful what you could see through the glass. But it was like there was many coming out. And I, I feel like, you know, with this places we've been hurt by other people giving words or churches or whatever. And it's like, no, like the blood of Christ covers that. And so to move, we got to move um, as he brings things, it may be a hug, people. You don't know what a hug from the Lord carries. It wrecks you. So anyway, I just saw that over there. It was amazing. I felt like I needed to, to share that. Um, anyway, um, before I get tapped. <laughs> are you tapping? <laughs> anyway. Okay, thank you, Jesus. Um, um when we were at the conference, of course, they activate you and say, here, you're at this table. Get a word or, you know, pray. So it was really cool time. Like our table just sat there for a long time, even into lunch, and um, just watching him hit people's hearts. And I had a word for a lady. I just kept seeing her kind of wringing her hands and just kind of stressed out the lady sitting kind of across from me. And so I just felt like, hey, this is kind of private, but, I just feel like we need to pray for you like you're going through a very stressful time. And, like, she just started weeping. And it was her husband had left, just, like, left her. Um, Like, she came home from something, and he was gone, you know. And so she was just all worried about it. And so, anyway, we prayed for her, and um, it encouraged her, edified her, gave her peace. Anyway, amen. Amen. (laughs) Thank you. You know, I have known this guy a long time, and um, but something about this church um, invites you to step out in places you've not stepped out before. And um, we went, 2018, we went to Reading, we went to Bethel, uh, and we, it was a, a wonderful week, a wonderful week of listening to and learning about hearing God's voice, and then stepping out to do that. And in that week, I said to the Lord, Lord, I will be that vessel. If you will use me, I will be obedient. And he began to do that. And and like Kim said, it's uncomfortable. It's scary. It's place. Sometimes he tells you to do something and, and to go up in the middle of chaos and speak to someone. And I'm like, Lord, do you see what's going on here? And I don't even ask him anymore. I I just finally got to a place where I said, you know what? They can't kill me, so um, (laughs) just go ahead and do this. Um, And it's been a lot of fun. But So I have loved all this about hearing God's voice. He is speaking, and we need to listen because he's got some things to say. But during my recovery, I had um, physical therapy and... um, and I, the young man that I had was uh, from India. Uh, his name was Paytech. Um, wonderful young man. And, and we began to talk to each other and get to know each other. And, and um, one day, you know, we were just talking. And he, I, I had said something about my church. And he, where is your church? And I told him, I said, why don't you come? And he's, oh, no. You would have thought I shot him. No, I'm Hindu. I don't do Christian stuff. Okay. Okay, Paytech. Okay. 
And so I, ne- I walked out, and I looked up, and I said, well, you're going to have a good time with this one, aren't you? Went for a couple weeks, didn't say a word, didn't say a word about God. I just listened to this young man talk about his family and the love and everything about him. And one day I was walking in, and the Lord said, ask him where his hope's at. Ask him where his hope is. What, what is his hope in? Okay. So I go in, and I said, Paytag, can I ask you a personal question? And by then I had gotten to know this young man, and he'd gotten to know me. And he said, of course, Terry. And I said, you know, life's hard and everything, and we got all this stuff going on, raising kids, working, uh, and then throw in the pandemic. And I said, where's your hope? He said, in my God. I said, okay, tell me about your God, Paytag. And he began to tell me. Oh, he lied. He's a God of love. He wants everything. He wants me to be happy. He wants my children to be happy. He wants me to be a good father. All of those things. And I said, whoa, that sounds like my God. Oh, no. He said, that's not my, that's not the same God. Okay. And so uh, he began to talk to me and he said, and and then he said, and then that my God said, you know, these people can't do what I want them to do. So I'm going to send, and the way he described it was another God. I'm going to send this God down here to them to live like they need to live so they can see how to live. Kind of like Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I didn't say that. I just said, okay, I'm liking this. And so I said to him, Paytech, tell me about, talk to me about uh, reincarnation. I'm very interested in that. And he looked me in the eye and he said, I will not be reincarnated. I said, really? Uh, and he said, no, because I do what my God asked me to do. And so there's no reason for me to come back. That is only God giving someone a chance to come back to do it right the next time. Oh, I said to him, I said, Paytag, you are a very smart man, very smart. So I, just, I don't want you to answer me right now. What I want you to do is think about this. I said, could it be that your God and my God are the same God? Could it be? That somewhere from generation to generation back, that someone put God in their box. It happens all the time. I've seen it happen in the uh, United States of America. We want God to fit our lives instead of us fitting what he wants. Could it be that your God and my God are the same God? That's all I'm asking you to do. Think on that. Okay, I'm going to do that, Terry. I will do that. So two weeks go by. It's my last session. And he said, I walk you to your car. I said, okay. And so he walks me to my car. And he said this to me. He said, Terry, I need to tell you something. I've never met a Christian like you. I said, okay. Why? He said, two things. They either tell me I'm going to hell when they find out I'm a Hindu or they quit talking to me. I said, I'm very sorry that my God has been represented to you that way. That is not who my God is. He said, I know. I know. He said, I need to tell you, my, I talked to my wife. We talked about what you asked me to, to think about, and we have purchased one of your Bibles. Hmm. <laughs> and um, I said, um, yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> All right, what you going to do with this now, Lord? Um, I said, Paytech, I will pray for you, and I hope you find what you are looking for on your journey. I, I hope he finds God. I believe with all my heart he will. It was not my job. My job was to speak what God told me to speak and to do, be obedient to God. And I guess what I want to say is it is, it's a lot of fun. It's a Amen. lot of fun. Amen. So let's do this just real quick. Hold on a second, Terry. Don't leave yet. So you can, Terry, don't come, don't leave yet. You can hold on to that. So we're going to. I'm just going to pray real quick for Paytech. Okay, pray. So Jesus, uh, I pray this morning that the God of the Bible, uh, the Jesus whom you sent to be the other God, that you would reveal yourself to him 
he and his wife this morning and that God, they would begin to see, oh my gosh, God has revealed himself through past generations and it's actually the God of the Bible who's revealed himself to us. I just did not know his name and I pray today he would know the name Jesus and there would be that beautiful connection. We pray for that salvation. We pray for that nearness in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, Gina. Um, I didn't want to do this. Stand up, please. Oh. Um, I didn't really want to um, do this, but um, what I felt like the Lord said was um, tell them what it feels like to be the recipient of, like, words of encouragement or, like, someone's, up, like, uplifting or affirmation um, because, like, it's hard to uh, go out of your way to say something to someone. Like, it creates anxiety. I didn't want to do this today because I don't like standing up in front of people, to be clear. <laughs> um, but I, um, I just wanted to say, like, so I have to keep this to the past three weeks. So um, in the past three weeks, um, uh, yesterday somebody randomly sent me Instacart. I'm a single mom, and I just decided to go back to school. I thought that was mind-blowing. Um, somebody gave me a cash donation anonymously. Um, and then, um, something else happened. Um, and then like somebody gave me a word of encouragement that they couldn't have known had anything to do with my life. And like, I feel like sometimes it doesn't feel like God is personal. So I'm going to stop interpreting, but like what I felt like the Lord told me to say was like, share what it feels like to be the recipient of that, which is for me. Um, I see you, I have you, (laughs) I care deeply about your personal life. You matter to me. You are loved and you're not alone. And so I know it's like hard to sometimes go up to people and tell them like what we hear like the Lord saying, but um no, like that um made like a really profound difference to me. So I just wanted to encourage you like in response, like to be brave and say the things because people need to hear them, you know. I mean I'm fine, but like I still needed to hear it. Um, so, anyway, I'm going to stop talking because I feel like that's literally all I was supposed to say. So, Amen. thank you. I love that. We had more. Ooh, that was super loud. Sorry, Zach. I just, like, got really, like, whoo, there you go, man. I'll kind of bring it back down. Uh, so, we did have several people this morning who had already had plans to be out of town and could not be here today. One of those was Maria Dannenberg. She sent us a voicemail. So, Zach's going to try to play that for us. We haven't actually practiced it. I was slack this morning. I've got to get it to him. So, we're going to see if Zach, who's not the Brown Band, can uh, play this for us. This is Maury's testimony if it comes through. Good morning, Randall. This was a voicemail. on me to go talk to him and I didn't want to do it I was like never done this before I'm nervous um but God was like no I need you to go tell him that God has not forsaken him and so he was leaving so I finally like did it because I couldn't stop looking at him I finally walked up to him and I just introduced myself and you know I asked him um you know if I could give him a word that the Lord had given me a word for him and I just told him that you know Jesus loves you and the Lord has not forsaken for you and he just kind of teared up and he was like wow um that I needed to hear that um he's had two strokes in the last um I guess October and then again in June so two strokes in the last year he recently just had to move in with his mother um just really going through a hard time, Um, has diabetes and has some foot deformities that he's basically saying only God can heal him um, from. So I just wanted to share that with you guys. And so maybe you could share it in service on Sunday um, because it really hit me personally because I'm not one to do that. This is the first time I've ever stepped out in my faith and asked God to use me in that way. 
Um, so it's really cool <laughs> that he did. Um, and I just wanted to share that, and I'm thankful that you guys are encouraging us to step out in ways that might be uncomfortable. Um, but anyway, his name is Marvin. Um, so if possible, maybe the church could pray for him. Um, he's got Charcot, feet deformity, diabetes, and two strokes in the last year. Um, I've got his phone number. I'm going to be reaching out to him to touch base with him um, and invited him to church, too. So hopefully... Um, you know, he's encouraged, but thank you again, and just wanted to share um, what happened today, because it's pretty awesome. God is good. Love you guys, and I hope you have a great week. All right. Who will, who will commit to pray for Marvin this week? Somebody? Thank you very much. Write that down. Okay, two more people, two more people who want to share this morning. I know someone will stir, and there are two people stirring. You feel like you need to share. You don't want to. Like, oh, I don't really want to do this, but, yep, there's Jesse. One more. And Emily. All right. Those are our last two. Uh, we'll let. Okay. Y'all are, y'all are both professional talkers. Three minutes, my friends. How long does it get turned on? And there you go, my friend. Of course, Jesse. Um, I wasn't going to share this morning, and I was like, okay, God, obviously we've been hearing these services. Like, I know you've been doing something. And um, I remembered Elias. My five-year-old, and he's always hearing from the Lord. So um, I've been praying about this and wanting to hear more from God. And a few weeks ago, I was praying, and um, I kind of, I, I saw, like, like, I was fighting against, like, rose bushes, and I couldn't go anywhere. I was fighting, and God was like, just sit down. There was a bench behind me, and I sat, and the rose bushes went away, and I was like, oh, okay, I can walk. So that's not really what this is about. So at breakfast that morning, Elias always asks if we have dreams. He's five. So he was like, did you have any dreams last night, Mom? And, of course, he concocted some long dream for himself that probably didn't happen. Um, (laughs) And so he tells me his long dream. And I said, oh, I didn't have any dreams last night. I said, but I did ask God to speak to me this morning, and he shared this vision with me. So I told him about the rose bushes and how I sat on the bench and da-da-da. He was like, wow, Mom, can I hear from God? I was like, absolutely, Elias. You just pray and ask, and you'll hear from him. So the next day, he comes downstairs. He goes, ask God, and he didn't give me any visions today. And I was like, well, that's okay. Like, you keep praying for that, okay? Like, he will speak to you. So we were walking our neighborhood, and we have a neighbor that has fig trees, um, and uh, or one fig tree. It's just humongous. It looks like six. And so the figs are low, and we always pick the figs when we walk by. They, they want us to pick the figs. And this couple, and they have a daughter. Um, I, I don't know if they're believers or not, Like on, not to be weird, but like on Sundays, their car's never out of their driveway. So I don't know if they go to church. Um, but, and they don't really talk about God. And we always, Elias will always talk to everybody that you know about God. And so we, the kids also climb their tree. And so um, we pick the figs, and the dad ended up coming outside where we were picking the figs. And he was like, oh, good job. You guys are picking the figs. And the wife comes out with a bag of them and like, take the figs. And she goes back inside. And I noticed they had a different vehicle in their driveway. And I was like, it's so funny. You have this Mustang and they're like more like um, efficiency car type people. And I was like, Jake and I joke like this must not be yours because you wouldn't drive this. He goes, oh, I absolutely would never drive that Mustang. I was like, oh, okay. He's like, especially because it's a convertible. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know, they can be dangerous, blah, blah. And he goes, no, I actually would never drive a Mustang convertible because my father was killed in one a week before I got married to my wife. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I was not expecting this to go this. I was like, oh, yeah, you know, you wouldn't drive a Mustang. I wasn't expecting it to go that direction. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I'm so sorry that you lost. Wow. A week before you got married, like that must have been so hard. And he was like. Yeah, it was really hard. And so he sat there and, like, explained to me the whole process. It was very stressful, obviously. And they almost didn't get married, and they did. And then the kids are like, can we climb your tree? And so we go over, and the kids are climbing the tree, and he's helping Nora, my three-year-old, and talking about all this, how hard it was. And um, he's like, yeah, I really haven't talked about it in a long time. And so this Mustang's in our driveway because my husband's my, – my, not my husband. Woo! My wife's brother is in town, and he rented this car, and he knows that that happened. And it actually kind of bothers us that that happened and that he keeps – that he rented the car and also that it's, like, in our driveway and he wants everyone to ride it. So I was just giving backstory why the car was in their driveway. So we have, we're, the kids are climbing the tree, and Elias goes, Mr. Bill, did you have any dreams last night? And he said um, – no, I don't know if I had any dreams. And I said, my mom had a dream the other night, and it was so cool. 
I said, oh, well, it wasn't a dream. It was actually more like a vision from God. And Elias goes, you should tell him. You should tell him about your vision because Mr. Bill, God could speak to you too. So I was like, okay. So I told the little rosebush, you know, um, vision. And um, Elias is like, Mr. Bell, I haven't gotten any visions from God, but I'm starting to ask God to do that for me. Like, you should do that too. And he goes, okay, you know, maybe I will, Elias. And then um, helped all the kids down the tree. And he ended up walking with us a little bit. And um, apparently he likes fishing. And so he really wants Jake to go fishing with him. And just kind of these little ends that, that Elias can provide for us, you know, where it's like, I'm outgoing. I'm relational. I want to talk to everybody that's living and breathing. But Elias can really get people to go, you know. Uh, <laughs> so anyways, that's happened in the past few weeks. And I feel like it's definitely been a really neat way that God's speaking. So. I love that. Good job. Thanks. Not sure how to follow up on that. Have you been talking to my wife, professional speaker? She tells me to stop talking so much all the time. Um, but I felt something stirring in my heart, and then you actually saying there's two people's things stirring, and it edifies something you talked about. And then um, I forget who else it was, but as, for those of y'all that don't know, I do some custom carpentry and woodworking, and I've got a guy that I take some of my lumber to 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 mill it out, and uh, I was spending some time with Jesus in the car on the way to his shop, and I just felt like God said, tell Zach I love him, and some of the things that were happening this morning, I saw a trend in the spirit, so I felt led to share this with y'all, because I feel like God might be trying to call us into something as a body. He doesn't just call one individual out in the body per se, into doing certain things. If there's a move he's wanting to do, he's calling the whole body to come and join him. And Pastor Steve has been sharing a lot of vision in this church. God is speaking, and when God is speaking, he's waiting for us to start moving with his vision and coming under Steve's authority in that vision. Um, And so I get there, and I know Zach is not a believer. And I talk to him, I, I give the lumber to him, and we talk, and this, that, and the other. And as I'm leaving, I'm like, hey, dude, not sure what you believe, and this, that, and the other, but I felt like in my time I was just kind of meditating and praying, spending some time with God, and I felt like he told me to tell you he loves you. I don't know anything else. I just felt like he told me to tell you that. And his entire countenance changed. What would happen if today when you left here, if you don't go home or even Monday, if you really just spend some intimate time with Jesus and say, who do you want to speak to? Are we going to be too fearful of man and prideful? of what they might think of us, that we don't want to share what God has to say with them. Because I watched that man's entire countenance change. And he became very happily somber. And I, I guess a way to describe it. And he said, wow, that, that's kind of, that's, that's good to know. I really appreciate that. And I went back a few days later, and I felt like God would tell me to tell him again, hey, man, God told me to tell you he loves you. And he's, he's waiting for you to love him in return. And that time he kind of just got quiet. And he looked at the ground and he just was like, that's something, yeah, I really need to think about that. That's, that's, uh, that's challenging. And I, I, just, I just wanted to share that with you guys and edifying. Who is God calling you to tell today that he loves? Amen. Or in this coming week. And then one really quick thing. I know. I got up and I shared a little bit of a vision a few months ago. And in that vision, I saw two different grounds that was kind of speaking to the, um, to the church. And you talked about being in harsh places. And in one of those visions, I saw a dry and arid ground. And that God was calling us to be planted in a place that we shouldn't be able to be planted in. But we can be planted in there because we're reliant on him who the Bible says is the master gardener and vine keeper and if he wants to plant us in a dry and arid place then he can plant us there but we have to be willing to go there and i don't know about y'all but the bible belt is one of the hardest places to reach christians for because everybody was raised in vacation bible school and we all know about jesus and they're also very comfortable so what if god's calling us to be planted into a, a dry and arid place in the spirit because nobody wants to hear about that Jesus stuff because they're comfortable with their life. And we actually say, hey, I'm willing to go and step out and be planted in that place. 
if you'll just continue to water me and I 100% rely on you, Jesus. Are we willing to do that? That was, that was just Amen. part of what I felt. And, again, he's, he's, he's casting a lot of vision, guys. And he's putting himself out there. Are we going to support him and get up underneath him and lift him up and, and honor him and that, and that authority? I don't know. I, I love this dude. He's, this, this man is really stepping out a lot. He really is. So I, I love you, dude. Appreciate you. All right. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys. So I think the piece, I'm just going to read this to you real quick. Greg, you can go ahead and come. And I made you a size play into I can't remember. I'm just going to read this to you real quick. We're going to go ministry time, and we'll be done. As soon as, as soon as we start worship, we'll be officially done with service, and you guys can feel free to leave. I, I do want to just read this to you real quick uh, from the Holy Inspired iPhone Bible. Um, just a real simple verse. Um, it says for, we're going to be studying this. This is going to be our entry point into Titus. So we'll be diving deep into this in the upcoming weeks. Uh, next week, I'm not going to be, it's next week, or I'm not going to be here. I'm going to have Russell Marshall, Russell Marshall, I always get their names messed up. Russell Marshall will be speaking. Uh, he is, he's leading a, a church called Dwell Church uh, down the Smyrna area. Uh, and they will, he will be here speaking. You do not want to miss it. This guy, man, as he relates to vision, calling, the things that we're talking about here, living on mission. This, he and his wife, Megan, doing amazing things. He, he, he is so much better than me, and you're going to love what he has to say. Uh, seriously, but so be here next week. But this idea of what we're called to. So it says this in Ephesians 2, verse 8, 9, and 10. And you know these words. For it's by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It's the gift of God. And it says you weren't saved by works, not by works, so that no one can boast. But here's the point. Verse 10. For we are God's handiwork. He's fastened us, shaped us, Right? He created us in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And that really is the picture this morning. We've been saved by grace through faith. It's not because of the things that you've done. But once you get to that place of faith and the grace has been poured out and you're now walking with him, then he says, but I have works for you to do. Right? You look at it and go, the works, what are they, Steve? It's really simple. They're defined by a love God with all your heart, soul, and your mind. And then love your neighbor, right? Isn't that the stories we told today? Love your neighbor as you love yourself. I love in these stories, like some of them are like, I could never do that. They're profound and they're so, they hear God so well. And then you just listen to, to, to Mari, right? And tell her story like, oh, I could do what she does. Or I just love that. It was super simple, super easy. Jesse to say, hey, God wants to share that he loves you. And so today it's this, we want to be the body, built up. We want to receive from the Lord, yes, but then we then want to go and take everything that we've received and give it away because we know he's a God who's always then filling us and always filling us and always filling us. So let's bring the lights down and go into ministry time this morning. Ministry teams can go ahead and come forward. I want to invite you, one, just to take some time and pray before the Lord to say, God, at this week, I want to be that person. I want to be used by you. God, would you even now begin to speak? I just surrender myself to you. I want to do the works that you planned for me to do, God. Two, maybe you need God to move like Gina's talking about. I just want to receive. I need to receive from the Lord. It's the season that I'm in. Then come get prayer this morning. We'd love to pray for you for breakthrough, healing, restoration, salvation, whatever it may be. Love you to take communion this morning. Just a remembrance and a celebration of the work of God's love for you. As we take it, we believe he pours himself out afresh and new upon us. Grace upon grace every time. And then we're done. So, we love you guys. Thanks for being here today. Please be back next week to hear Russell speak. And uh, you will be blessed. You guys have a great week again. Don't forget to get your kids, sign up for small groups, all those pieces. But we're officially done with service. You stay until the Lord releases you and, and you are free to go. We love you guys. Have a great week and we'll see you soon.